like I was posting things about, we have wipes. And <laughs> because at that point, yeah. we, some people couldn't even find like Clorox yeah. wipes, you know, yeah. and disinfectant wipes. And so I was like almost bragging that we had wipes to like make sure that things were clean Wild. and sanitized. Yeah. Yeah. So bizarre. Ugh. Such a bizarre time. Speak Easy Studios. Speak and be heard. Welcome to the studio at 1201, where we are bringing you interesting conversations with entrepreneurs, creatives, leaders, and world changers to impact and inspire. Let's connect. So make sure to subscribe, rate, and review with all the stars. And most importantly, remember you belong here. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Conversations With here at Studio at 1201 Podcast. My name is Jeanette Brown. I'm so glad you are here. I am joined by Kelly Olive. Hey, hey. And today we have someone I have known for years working alongside of him where where I've hosted my open mic shows at Common Grounds at Brew and Roastery. Yeah. Justin Olive, Ooh. welcome hello, to the hello. podcast. Thank yes. you, thank you. But uh, Kelly, you've known him a little couple, longer a than A little you. bit longer, yeah. <laughs> Much longer. <laughs> like his yes, whole life. His whole life, yes. Uh, Kelly Olive, Justin Olive, this is your son. Yes. 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 We are, are related and we're also partners in not crime, but not business. Grind. Definitely not so. crime. Definitely not crime. <laughs> in the grind. Is that yes. you said? Partners in the grind. That's partners yeah. sure. in the grind. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and we have Justin here to talk about kind of the journey from the humble beginnings of the coffee shops to you are now running three incredible thriving shops. You built this last one that we opened uh, from the ground up in West Palm. It, it's was your vision come to life, which is incredible. Yep. And I know it was not all easy peasy. I know there were some- <laughs> Was it? I, no, no, I don't think so. There were there were some ups and downs, um, but also you are a brand new dad. Yeah. Brand new baby. Brand new. Yeah. So Three months in. Curious to hear a little bit about how that affects and plays yeah. into things. This is true. Yeah. And just you are a public figure in the community. <laughs> yes, you are. So, And we are having conversations with creatives and entrepreneurs. You're a little bit of both. Yeah. But let's uh, let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey. So it started it. many, many years ago when you were <laughs> many, a wee lad. Many years. But tell us, tell us about the beginnings of this. Goodness. Um, well, I guess it's been eight and a half years now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of almost hard to think, man, that's so far along. But, yeah, I mean, I remember when we first walked into the space, it was a previous coffee shop. Um, and there was nothing really in the area. I didn't even have that much experience going to coffee shops, let alone no. like, like commercially, you know, coffee curated things. Um, and so I, you know, we, we decided to get into the space. The coffee shop that was there had ended up closing. And then, you know, my family and I, Mike and Kelly, my parents and myself, there was an opportunity to open something up. We didn't even know if it was going to be a coffee shop in the beginning. Yeah. We just we knew like, okay, this is going to be a good space. It was going to be able to support their endeavors as well. And so we're like, oh, maybe it's a, you know, something for music. Maybe it's something for this. But, you know, we're like, let's try a coffee shop. Why not? Why not? How, give it a, how give hard it a can it be? It's just coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's just coffee. 
Um, this and is a so, true statement. <laughs> yes. And so we, we got a, a lease from, I don't even, I think we just took up the lease that was there prior. Uh, we got a new lease, but that right, doesn't We matter. got a new lease <laughs> with the landlord and we decided to open up a small little coffee bar. And then, um, and so we were definitely fortunate to be, you know, um, doing this random adventure in Lake Worth because downtown Lake Worth, it's definitely, it's a, it's a unique area, uh, very eclectic, especially eight and a half years ago. It was not as developed. I mean, it's still not very developed, but it's much more developed than what it was, you know, a decade ago almost. And so we were fortunate to encounter a lot of organic people, people that are a little bit more forgiving <laughs> and, and the lack of presentation and, yeah. and curated space that we had or That's did not so have. Um, so we kind of just stumbled upon it and we took small steps and we didn't really think too much of it. You know, it was something that we were doing. We enjoyed it because we certainly enjoyed it. It's all about the people. Yeah, it was through the it was through the nonprofit. Yeah. So it was definitely something geared towards community with. Yes you know, coffee as a vehicle to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was very cool. But as things progress, we started to see the volume pick up a little bit. Yeah. People were coming in, people were leaving reviews. Like in the beginning, I don't <laughs> even think we had considered no. people leaving reviews. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like it wasn't even a thing because we weren't even thinking business too yeah. much. I mean, we were, but we weren't. Um, but you know, we took small steps. We didn't have a lot of overhead. We, we didn't, we didn't no take, debt. we had no debt. We didn't take out a business loan. You know, we like, this is what we can do. And we're going to start with this. And, um, like I said, I think it, we started with like $5,000 or something. Yeah, and we had, machine. we had a $3,000 espresso machine, yeah. which is dirt cheap. <laughs> and I think, yeah, we were doing French presses. We didn't yeah. even have a, a coffee machine, like a coffee a brewer. brewer. We didn't have anything. I mean, it was just literally French press. Humble beginnings. <laughs> um, Humble beginnings, if I can uh, real talk. Um, we had pastries from Costco at the time because yeah. we had no way to have pastries. And people would say, oh, where did you get your pastries? And we're like, a local baker. <laughs> from a local shop. But also, real talk, shout out to Costco. Yes. Thanks for coming. It's delicious. Yes. They are really good. Thank you, Costco. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Absolutely. So again, we, we started to build and we really started to get to a point. I mean, we had some, some, you know, people that were helping us work the bar, but you know, we eventually had to start hiring people. Yeah. yeah it was know, a I lot mean, of volunteers in the beginning. Mm -hmm. We're so we had a lot of volunteers for. and, but we knew that if it kept getting busier and busier, you know, we had to expand our menu a little bit. We had to hire some people. And so it became really more of a legitimate coffee shop operation. Sure. And yes, it was still under the umbrella of the the nonprofit, but it was now being um, taken a little more seriously. Yeah, it was taken more serious. And uh, then we have uh, we you know this whole time we were working with a local roaster, uh, Eric Malafa. Uh, he had his own uh, coffee you know roasting company, and. Um, you know, later on, he'll be more a part of the story. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we were using a local roaster. We knew we needed to have good coffee at very minimum. We didn't know a lot, but we knew we needed good coffee. Mm. We didn't want to have just cheap coffee. We didn't want to have something that people wouldn't want to come back for. So 
Um, well, at least we got that part right in the yes, beginning. Yes, we did. Um, so we got to, I don't know, maybe the three-year mark. Yeah. I would say around that around is when there. things got serious. We were thinking of, um, we were doing enough and in, I think, volume and in sales, revenue. We were getting to a point where, like, yeah, I think we need to take this out of the nonprofit. Let's form our own company and, and make this, you know, just a for-profit company. You know, everything kind of stayed the same. Um, on the outside vision. looking in, yeah, as vision and known. yeah, no one would really know that the it just restructured. Yeah, the structure yeah. was a little bit different, but it was at that point when we we're like, yes, we should probably get this into a for profit, get this thing moving, and then um, and so we did. And at that point, we also brought in Eric Malafa, the roaster. You know, his old business was Sea Bean, Sea Bean Coffee. And we approached him. I asked him if he would ever consider just joining Common Grounds, merging together, coming under us. And he was like, heck yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep, that was about That's it. Totally about <laughs> it. He was That's pretty yeah. much like, heck yeah, <laughs> sure. I want to do that. And so that was awesome. And that was definitely a turning page too because it really opened up the door for us as a coffee business not to just be a retail expression, not to just be – you know, a spot where people can come in and enjoy. But now we're really diving into a whole new industry of specialty sure. coffee. And there wasn't a lot of that in the county. There wasn't a lot of that in the area. There's only one, maybe one or two shops back, you know, right. eight, you know, seven years ago. Now it's a huge, you know, huge it's, market. it's a huge market. Yeah. The scene is much larger. The coffee scene has definitely exploded in the county. Um, but that was certainly a turning page for us to have, um, you know, really that backbone in our coffee of having someone like Eric. Well, one thing I, I think that differentiated Common Grounds and the name, when people think Common Grounds, they do think about really great coffee, really great community. Um, and especially those first years, there was a lot of community outreach, community impacting and involving from hurricanes to different um, partnerships that we did. Can you kind of talk through what some of that looked like and how that we kind of yeah. that made a name for Common Grounds yeah. and our yeah. heart for the city? It was huge. It was huge. The amount of events that we did, we opened our doors to numerous things. Almost any time that someone wanted to do something, we almost <laughs> just said, yeah, sure. We were some of it was very intentional. Some of it was like, yeah, we want people in our doors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so why not? Which was intentional. Um, which was intentional. But it was almost to a point where we were we were hosting events in a good way almost every night. You know, we had yeah. um, we had an AA meeting, we had NA meetings, we had a book club. I think we had some type of new age, you know, group uh, class, that wanted to come yeah, in and miracles. do a class. Yeah. And we, of course, we were doing this really open mic called the Utterance. Oh snap! Yeah, thing. yeah. Shout out to the open yes. mic. Um, you got to plug was, it at least once yes, a podcast, yes. I guess. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, it was almost every night we were having some type of an event or some group coming in doing yeah. something. And it was huge. It was certainly huge for us. And the busier we got, the harder we knew it was going to be to keep that up just because we kept, you know, almost needing to, like, kind of shoo the people away so we can get set up for an event or something yeah. like that. And and it was fine, but we extended hours because people were staying longer and – Really, the um, I think, and I'm fast-forwarding a little bit, but COVID really was a big indicator of things kind of coming to a halt sure. with a lot of those events. And, you know, now being after that is kind of, you know, we haven't picked up a lot of those things, but, you know. Except um, the open mic. 
Well, yeah, of course the open mic. <laughs> but we did pause the open mic too for a oh, while. Oh, we had a pause. Everything, the yeah, whole world paused. Yeah, so, yeah. everything yeah. got paused. Well, um, so yeah. you, uh, speaking of COVID, that I feel like has become the line in the sand yes. for everybody, pre and post. Uh, but we we have the coffee shop that is thriving. It's growing at our OG Lake Worth yes. location. And at what point were, did you decide to, you know what, a second yeah. location I was dying for a second location. Really? I yeah. was personally. I didn't know that. Oh, really? He no. was the man behind the plan. Yeah, I wow. wanted to have a second location because I was thinking, if we want to really make it, uh, like, a, make Legit. a name for ourselves, yeah. you know, I think having more than one location was, I think, a viable option to make that happen. Yeah. And I looked and looked and looked. I remember bringing them along <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, hey, let's look at this one. Let's look at this one. What do y'all think of that? And I, it was like 2019. It yeah. was early 2019 when I really was like, I, I think we got to find something. Or maybe it was the end of 2018. I don't know. Um, because we opened the Boynton shop in you know, early 2020. 20, yeah. So it must have been probably early 2019 is when yeah. I first had the thought mm -hmm. of like, man, we got we to gotta get this. He was on the hunt. I was on the hunt. Yeah. I just had like something in me. I wanted to get it going. Yeah. And then a big part, you know, the... Pointon Beach has a really good CRA. They have really good funding yes. for new businesses and small businesses. So it was a seemingly a very good opportunity. There was nothing there. There's not much of a coffee scene in Boynton. Um, so the it just made community. We're yeah. like, when are you coming to Boynton? When are you coming? Yeah, to and so we started to tease it once we knew, and it re we really built it up. And we knew we were going to do the open mic there, so we were trying to keep things very consistent. We wanted to have a common grounds, but just in Boynton Beach, yeah. and it'd be you know, very similar to the, to the original. And so, and that is quite an experiment, right? Can we take yes. all the successful parts and what are those successful yeah. parts, wrap them up and then put them in a brand new yeah. space in a brand new community? Will that community pick it up, rally around yeah. it? Can we uh, duplicate that? Yeah. I would say yes. Clearly yeah. Yes. But you're right though. It was a very, it was certainly like a, I mean, it was obviously risky. Yeah. Right, like the first time we opened up with very little capital. Yeah, like basically no capital, no funding, no no loans, um, and we kind of stumbled upon it, yes. you know. And it was a great organic, unique yeah. thing that happened, and we made it, you know, worth worthwhile. Yeah. But then for this one, it's very intentional. We're mm -hmm. going in, we're signing a long term lease, yeah. we're looking for funding. And, you know, it's definitely a different experience starting f the right way. <laughs> Almost like there's more risk because mm, you're putting more out there. But is it the there. right way? Yeah, it is the right way, but yeah. it's, yeah. It, yeah. Different. Different, different. Right. It's a different way of yeah. doing it, but a more traditional way. There's there seemingly go. a lot more risk to it. You're putting personal guarantees on a lease. You're taking out loans. Yeah. And, um, so it was definitely a, a much harder experience thinking like, okay, yeah, this was my idea for a second location. If this doesn't work out, like, <laughs> this is not, yeah. like, there's a lot of risk. Yeah. You know, like, there's there wasn't that same risk in the first. And to kind of put yourself and expose yourself yeah. to the second time, it, it was definitely different. And at this point, had you really stepped forward as kind of the main operational yeah. part of the team? Yeah. So as a nonprofit, you know, we we were all kind of just doing our part. I sure. mean, I remember in the very beginning I was, you know, coffee bar manager, whatever that meant as <laughs> yeah. a nonprofit, you know, just coffee bar operations. I was kind of like helping it come along. 
I guess I didn't really talk too much about that, but I didn't, like I mentioned in the very beginning, I didn't know anything about coffee and thankfully YouTube was there yes. and I YouTube and, and podcasts and Googled wow. everything you could about coffee, you know, and just even coming up with prices and, and offerings and what do we, we learned a lot from uh, TV shows like the profit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The profit on CNBC, <laughs> yeah. um, people, process products or yeah, whatever yeah. his his motto was um so like just like self-learning yeah. everything there is to learn about coffee and business yeah and business and i think once we and it was at the point where we decided to open up and and change it to a regular for-profit company you mm -hmm. know it's just when we just decided it was going to be split 50 yeah. 50 and at that point you know it was just I took a lot, I took most of the operations under. Yeah. And um, I think at that point, I had a pretty good understanding of what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, Mike and Kelly obviously have a lot of their uh, other endeavors as the church and the nonprofit. And so I was able to kind of just focus all of my time, resources, on and energy yeah. on coffee. Yeah. And so. I like that you each have your own kind of what I call pillar, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's a really beautiful kind of mesh of different different yeah. things, all impacting the city in different ways. Yeah, yeah. the Trinity. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> so we're in Lake Worth. We're now in Boynton. Yes. Ready to succeed, to show, show the people that we can do this again. <laughs> and then 2020 hits. Yeah. Talk about that real quick. <laughs> oh God. Actually, I think it was two weeks after we opened or something. Yeah, wasn't we opened it? up February 27th or something 7th. like that. It was the, I think it was the day before. Okay. Um, you know, the end of the month or something like that. It was the very end of February. And it was at this point where we were at the height of Common Grounds at this point. Yeah. You know, we had our, it was, you know, with the most staff I and mean, even just opening up, you know, we got open and I'm thinking, man, we have two locations. We, what we probably have at least 12, 13 employees, employees, which is like, <laughs> whoa. And we're, we're at the top of our game. Yeah. This is amazing. This is like the height of like up into this point of the journey. Yeah. We're at the height. And then within a, I don't know, a four, to eight week span, we Ooh. went from the very top to honestly thinking that we're we're done. We yeah. were bracing for impact. Yeah. We were yeah, like, we, what do we do yeah. if this is And I know that's our this story is not singular. You know, no. I mean this is everyone really experiencing this in COVID. But we really went from like having everything to almost like you know, what are we gonna do when when right. we can't open? You know, Ugh. what are we gonna do? You know, I mean we're Possibly we're kind of, you know, slightly laying some people off or we're just like for limiting, their, their, hours, limiting yeah. their hours, you know, um, I'm shutting down. Like it took me, I don't know, like seven, six months for the build out of, of that shop. <laughs> and then three weeks after opening, I'm closing the dining room down Ugh. after working on it for seven months, yeah. basically closing it. It, <laughs> it was, was just a very strange I don't even remember feeling like there wasn't an overwhelming sense of like sadness. It was just like survival. Yeah. Totally. Oh, yeah. Survival. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I look back, I probably get more sad looking back at it than, <laughs> than being yeah. in the midst of it. But yeah, it was a very, very difficult time mm. um, of coming out and doing it that way. But our staff, like our main staff, our full-time staff, 
like literally donated some of their payroll oh. to some of the other people to help keep oh, it was just wow. the best in people came out wow. during that time yeah i remember that wow. it was amazing yeah it was really amazing it was such a wild journey i mean you had a yeah. lot of sacrifice from some of the employees doing that wow. you know just taking some of your your payroll and putting it into somebody else mm-hmm. you know all of the tips getting pulled in different ways that it typically would to help support yeah. other employees so yeah. it was definitely cool yeah. and then for them to still stick around right and yeah. i know there's not a whole lot of options <laughs> but still they did i mean they could have just like you know what this is not worth my time not worth the risk i mean at that point you don't know mm-hmm. truly on what the these conditions are in yes. covid right yeah. so like in the beginning really don't know what you're working through or the risk that you're putting right Mm -hmm. and so obviously we did all the right stuff right we were doing the the, uh whatever you call the gloves in the beginning sanitizing all the services thinking that's what it was and then obviously then went to the max came out you know adjusting so yeah it was definitely a hot mess i remember when there was no groceries anywhere you know common grounds was like look i know it's not a lot but we got coffee and pastries yeah. and sandwiches i remember so. posting i mean i was still doing the social media at that point and i remember posting i mean i every time in this time of the year i get the, the Facebook memories. memories and it's always such a cringe i'm like oh my god it's such difficult times but i mean just like i was posting things about we have wipes and <laughs> because at that point yeah. we, some people couldn't even find like clorox yeah. wipes you know yeah. it's disinfectant wipes and so i was like almost bragging that we had wipes to like make sure that things were clean Wild. and sanitized yeah yeah so bizarre uh, such a bizarre time thankfully we got on the other side of that yes, yes. oh my oh. goodness thankfully and cruising for a little while so and up then, until this point, yes, yeah, so like we're cruising along. Thank God we survived. Boynton is, you know, is th- standing up. It's thriving. Took obviously longer, you know, to get to the targets that we wanted to get to. Yeah. But, you know, we got there and, you know, but up until this point, we're still roasting on coffee, you mm-hmm. know, with Eric. We're in a warehouse up in Riviera Beach, but we know that the lease is coming up. Mm. The lease is coming up. And it's in a small little 500 square foot, of, you know, yeah. warehouse. It's not, it's there's not no central. Yeah, it's certainly not attractive. <laughs> it's not a place where you want possible future, you know, yeah. wholesale clients to come. It was a small roaster. It was a tiny little roaster. There was no central AC. There's nothing nice. It was like a closet. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing nice yeah. about it. But the good news was that, you know, the lease is coming up and we're going to look for a new place. We gotta so get was it. this an itch that you got? Uh, we should look for a new coffee shop location. Not necessarily. Itch. It was a little bit of a process. Yeah, really. so not necessarily. I wanted to get, I mean, both Eric and I, we just knew, like, we got to get the roaster into yes. a different location. So my original thought was, let me find a flex space. Yeah. Where it's like, it's mostly a warehouse, but you can open your doors up to, like, have a small little coffee bar. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like what you would see, like in some breweries. Yeah. You have a little tap room where you can, you know, have the, you know, the, you know, the beers, but it's mostly like their distribution, their, sure. you know, their setup. And that was kind of like my thinking. And then, um, but then I started to expand my, my search a little bit and I would start to kind of do similar things what I did in Boynton. I would start driving around West Palm, driving around West Palm, looking at places, taking pictures. I would even bring my wife, Veronica, shoot. I'm like, baby, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Do you think that one would work? 
And I actually have, well, I don't have the picture. She took the picture, but I have a picture of the building that we're in now in West Palm before it was getting built. It was just a sign that says coming soon. Wow. I, I don't even know if I've. That's I, cool. Yeah. It was like a possibility because I've seen, because, you know, in Boynton, it's a mixed use. You yes. know, so there's apartments and then there's retail in the mm-hmm. bottom. And it was really great and helpful, especially during COVID. Yeah. People felt very safe to come downstairs. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to drive anywhere. It was the very one safe. The Boynton Plaza yes, has one a Boynton. really good yeah. community there. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, so when I saw a sign saying coming soon, I'm like, oh, I mean, that might be cool to, you know, imp- you know have that again. But I just ultimately needed space for the roaster. Mm-hmm. Long story short, when they finally got built, the like built enough they started you know the leasing agents and you know they they're looking for operators they're looking for businesses to come in and they make a call and they it went to my voicemail i didn't take much from it because i know you know people just call and they're trying to get people you know in um but i was like okay well i mean i should call them back obviously i should call them back (laughs) and see what's up and I told him, I was like, oh, that's great, man. That's that's interesting. But honestly, I have a roaster that I'm, I need to find a space for. I right. need to find a location for it. And that's like my main priority. So, okay, well, let me talk to the landlord about it. Or, you know, the you know the person's in charge, you know, landlord, as if it's like a normal building. It's, it's like huge, yeah. you know, complex that right. like three different, you know, businesses probably own it or something, these equity firms. But, <laughs> you know, let me talk to the acting landlord yeah. and see. In a long story short, the landlord was like, yeah, that would be super cool to have a roaster there. I'm like, really? A roaster there? While there's like residents like living on site. Yeah, like above us, around us, to the side of us. Like, that's that's cool. And uh, he's like, yeah, that'd be cool. Let's let's try to get a like, make sure we can get, you know, approval or something. And, you know, again, long story short, you know, we found that we could have the roaster there. And that really opened the door to the possibility of like moving to a, a coffee shop and uh, having the roaster there on site. And that really began to excite me. That's when you started everybody. dreaming. Yeah. And that's when the dreams really came about. And that's when like we were the first business, certainly, I mean, by a long shot, we were the first business to sign in the there yes. in the retail, you know, spaces. And then, um, and then we were able to get the corner location which is really the dream location and yeah from that point on it was just a dream you know as much as i thought i learned in boynton i'm thinking in my head okay i'm I'm opening up a second location some of the reason i also wanted to open up is to prove you know to myself yeah you know and to to our customers (laughs) like yeah i mean i learned you know this can be better you know like we can we can have a better setup we can have Mm -hmm. a better flow and an operation and it's funny, you know, being so far along that Boynton Beach build out, it's just not <laughs> as good as I thought it was. And so when it came to building out the West Palm Beach location, I was you had learned even more. At that I point. learned even more knowing from just, you know, what are the complaints that the baristas have just working behind bar? What are mm-hmm. the, some of the things that they get bothered by that they wish were different? Mm-hmm. Just like seeing it, talking to them. You know, just from the aesthetic, what could have been different? What, you know, really worked and didn't work? Yeah. Um, and so, like, those were all playing in my mind for this location. And I remember at that point, Jeanette, you came over and I you did. were doing social media at yes. this time. Yeah. 
and you have this perfect video of me describing having this vision mm -hmm. right of the space and to see it fast forward to opening it up and really almost exactly, exactly. I had overlaid the final product yeah. to the concrete bones yes and it's one of my favorite things i've created it's truly an incredible thing and for it to really be pretty dang close to what was the vision in the beginning yeah. is pretty pretty amazing and so it was really cool i i think west palm is definitely i don't know i don't want to you know say too much but it's definitely the most i've proud i've yeah. been of yeah. just of yeah. myself and what it can be. I mean, just, just the design aspect. Yes. I mean, I wasn't, oh, I wasn't working with a designer, which I feel like I should have, or I, I, I felt like I needed the support, but, but you, you know, did I did you it. Did the yeah. thing, and it's, yeah. it is gorgeous. And I think too, what is, was so fun to see was how much Casamara luxury apartments, which is where mm -hmm. the retail store is located. They rallied yeah. around. They were like checking in every day during construction. Are you open yet? When, yeah. when, when, when? And yeah. there are residents who come every single day. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Seven days it's a week. amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I wanted to circle back around to something you had said about, um, you know, can we make this magic happen again kind of thing? And what are the things that would do it? Um, because when you do open multiple locations in different places, you know, the Lake Worth shop is in an over hundred year um, old building. And so it has a lot of personality, a yes. lot of charm. Um, it's very eclectic. Um, then we go to Boynton and it already had nice floors and it had high, ceilings, high ceilings. And, and so we're like, how do we make it feel homey and eclectic and, and that thing, sort of thing? like Lake Worth, so people go in and they go, oh yeah, this is a common grounds. Mm. And it was uh, finding some of those things that, you know, each one of our locations has a piano in it. Mm -hmm. um, and community it's piano. A community piano where people, sign. yes, and, and that can be played. Yep. And part of the charm is it's not a piano that is a Steinway. It is kind of an old timey, little bit out of tune, but a really neat piano. Yeah. Um, we, it has a bookshelf in each one. It's just a small thing, but it's something that you can find in each location. And then, um, the, the finding, or, uh, coffee, creating coffee and community yeah. in each one. There's a yeah. sign and they all look different, but it says it in all three of the locations. Yeah. And that is, that's important in your, um, when you're multiplying yeah. out. Yeah. I also I'm love scaling. the community table as well. There's always one oh, big yeah. table. Yeah. Uh, where you can get a big group of people sitting at. Yeah, I mean, I remember trying to figure, we were all trying to figure out, us three, okay, what does, what makes up Common Grounds? Like, what, yeah. what does it make? And and a physical aspect, too, mm -hmm. of trying to build it out. I mean, we knew the events, we knew the community, but, again, how do you replicate it? How do you do it again? And what are some of the physical aspects that we can input into these mm. shops that, you know, emulate, you know the the original magic of of lake worth yeah and the piano is a big one some bookcase or some kind of like you know area for books and games and things of that nature and then of course the creating coffee and community the community table yeah. um you know cozy nooks and things like that so it was definitely like a learning curve to just understand how do we do this again yeah, yeah. um it's been amazing to see the growth of the staff the, yeah. the team as a whole, you, how much you've grown and <laughs> yeah. stepped into this role. I was thinking at the beginning, you were single. Yeah. And still in college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we had started, yeah, I guess eight and a half years ago, 
Yeah, definitely. I'm seeing well, old. Baby I'm still like going to college, doing my thing. And um, it was actually through the coffee shop uh, that I found my wife. You as too. you guys know. I found my oh, husband yeah. that way. We got to remember this. Talk about that. Well, yeah. So, like, I found my wife. She was a customer, which, you know, we're trying to find policies to help. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to develop policies when there's, you know. When there's fruit from yeah, the back of the The owner has, you know, a little contradictory to some possible policy making. But, um, yeah, so we, we met there, and I won't go too involved with that story, but it was very special to find each other there and, um, you know, to eventually even to start dating to get engaged, to get married, to start a life, to buy a house together, you know, to have a baby, you know, three, just over three months ago. Yep. Just from having, you know, a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's And the stories. I mean, Jeanette, too, she found her husband there. She didn't yeah. work behind the bar. She did the uh, open mics, found her husband there. Mm -hmm. and I always and say at the shows, get your man. <laughs> yeah. Get your man. You never know who's going to walk in that door. And we actually were part of a wedding one time a couple years ago that they actually had a special dance. They had like the, the mother-daughter, I mean the mother-son dance, the father-daughter father dance, the couple dance. And then they had, if you met your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend at Common Grounds, and there were like 10 couples oh that went out and danced. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's been a conversation. I mean, we oh, could yeah. probably write a book or yeah. its own podcast on all of write a on book. all of the uh, you know couples that have yeah. met and are now together because uh, of Common Grounds. Of it love is, and coffee. Yeah, Ooh, it, is, it yep, is amazing. That's it. Copyright it right now. <laughs> I'm gonna. <Yeah. laughs> well, Justin, we've we've had this journey right yes. from the humble beginnings to three shops that are really success stories of where Common Grounds has come from to being able to replicate it in three different locations. We've probably touched the lives of thousands of people, whether it's just from a cup of coffee or an event that we've had, a community outreach, um, whether that's online, in person, you name it, Common Grounds is now a known name. So um, what I want to know what is maybe a takeaway from it all and also where where do we go next is the itch back jay or <laughs> what's what's next for for common grounds um i mean there's always an itch there's always an itch <laughs> sometimes it, it doesn't yeah sometimes it, it's around. not very itchy sometimes <laughs> it gets very itchy but right now it's it's tamed um yeah i mean i i came into this year i mean work related you know i mean I had, you know, my son in the very end of the year. So yes. at the beginning of the year, my mind was a little bit separated, but, you know, really when I was thinking about work and the company and common grounds, you know, of talking about what's next, it was really like two things came to my mind was one was staff support. Yeah. You know, now we have, you know, with the three locations, with all of the social media and the wholesaling and everything that we do, the roasting, we have about 30 employees which is incredible from where we started to just volunteers yeah. to thinking that, wow, we have 10 employees. We have so Ooh. many, like we're at the top of our game <laughs> to now we have like 30. Yeah. Um, and with this amount of staff, there's so much support that is needed for them as sure. we grow, as things are progressing, there's more responsibilities that are putting on, you know, that get put onto people. And so 
it's something that we've been talking internally a lot about is how can we support our staff more? Mm-hmm. How do we support our people, you know, more and in more uh, impactful ways? Yeah. Um, because it's hard, you know, just whether it's inflation, you know, like their bottom line, and, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's just um, just the pressures of life and working, it's a lot. Yes. And so, you know, the staff support is was a big conversation of, you know, coffee culture, you know, was another big one. Yeah. And I know we've... We've talked about that um, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but just the wholesaling side yeah. is just a whole nother, you know, realm that we're, we're excited to go down. But And um, wholesaling for people who are listening, who are not familiar yeah, with the coffee s- world is we are, we are roasting the beans, yes. but you have the option to have those beans. Yeah. Um, so your, we're coffee, restaurant. we're a coffee yeah. supplier Yeah, and we can supply coffee. Yeah. A lot of places buy coffee. A lot of places sell coffee. We just want to be the place where you buy it and you yeah. know give it away and sell it or whatever you're doing with the coffee. Yeah. Buy it from us. Buy it from yes. us. Support from a local, a local yes. family-owned yes. business roasting our own beans. Let's do business yeah. together. Uh, where if they if someone's listening um, and they either want a bag, buy if they are listening and either want to buy a bag. Uh, from wherever they are, if they want to roast uh, or get get coffee beans that are roasted, they want to be a wholesale partner. Where where do they find us? They can find us online. Mm-hmm. Our website's commongroundsbr.com. Common Grounds with an S. CommonGroundsBR.com. Mm-hmm. So if there, you can shop all of our coffees. You can learn about our roasting process a little bit. You can learn about our wholesale program. There's a lot you can do there. Yeah. You can also come into any of the shops and ask any of the yes. businesses about it. If you come to the West Palm location, you'll see the roaster. You can talk to the man himself, Eric, and learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. But that, yeah, that's where you can go. And the other question is that the answer is yes, we're always hiring. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're always we hiring. We're always, yeah. always hiring. So if you want to be a barista, always, always. if you want to join the Common Grounds team, come into any location yeah. and uh, we can get you an application. We can train you up. Uh, as long as you are passionate about coffee and passionate about people and that's, community. That's the two. That's the Those magic requirement. That's the culture that we're trying to, yes. to create. And Kelly, not to, not, to, not to brag, not to brag, but uh, I would say that Common Grounds Brewer and Roastery is the most successful story of CG community development. You're right. Because as mm, you mentioned, yeah. uh, it started under the nonprofit as yeah. an entrepreneurial way to raise funds for our nonprofit. Yeah. And because it goes hands in, hand in hand with the arts. Yeah. Um, because every barista is a musician or an artist. It's crazy. Yeah. They're all very, very creative and artsy. And yes, so it is yeah. definitely one of our social entrepreneurship biggest success stories. Yeah. But Justin has really taken it into yes. a whole other stratosphere. Yes. Self-learner. Uh, yep. One final takeaway that you got for anybody listening, oh, if gosh. as an entrepreneur, as in the coffee world, what's something you want to impart on everyone? One thing to impart, goodness, that is not easy. But I, um, I like to, I don't know, I would say, you know, remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing. What is motivating you? Mm. Um, and that will help kind of put you on the right path because if you're motivated by things that, I don't know, that are not necessarily true to you, or if you get distracted by things that are not things that like are are passionate or desired by you, um, it eventually catches up to you. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can be guided by the things that you're motivated by, um, it helps kind of guide your, your, your path a little bit more. And so, you know, be mindful of that um, and, you know, 
really work on building a team. Mm. You need you need a lot of people. You can't you do it alone. Corner, yeah. And you can't do it on your Amen. own. Find people <laughs> that are better at things that you are not good at yeah. and never have a big head about it because you got to have people that are better at it than you are. Mm-hmm. That's just the way it works. And mm. so two two things. Two, those, those are, are two, the two great things. takeaways. <laughs> we'll take them. That's fantastic. Thank you for coming cool. and sharing your nice. story. Like this it. is fantastic. What a good conversation. Yes. We, that's another one under under the hat for a studio at 1201 powered by Speakeasy Studios. And this was a conversation with Justin Olive. Uh, the head honcho over at Common Grounds Brew and Roastery. And we were honored to talk with him. Jeanette Brown. Kelly Olive. Kelly Olive. And we will see you next time. Subscribe already. What you doing? Come on, follow. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and join us for the next episode.